So life work integration to me, I certainly didn't create the term, but I always as an individual felt life was more important than work. And as a software guy, I know that integration can be defined as the free flowing exchange of energy and ideas between at least two systems. So if you think about life work integration, it's the idea of making your life and who you are as an individual much more creative and much more happier by managing stress. And so one of the phrases that I stuck with is the idea of turning stress into a competitive advantage so that you could become a better person, right? The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf. Welcome, Googleization Nation, and welcome to another episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Welcome, Jason. Good to be back, Iron. You sounded much better, my friend. Well, I'm getting there, so hopefully uh, the, the voice will, will continue and the, and the coughs will, will not come out, but I uh, appreciate that. Just out of discussion, still a lot going on. Last year was interesting. I mean, obviously in quarantine, but nobody seemed to get the common cold or the flu. We, you know, we were all concerned with COVID, but this year... Masked or not, people seem to be catching all sorts of things, spreading spreading other things than COVID. So hopefully we'll be spreading some joy in a few weeks, but right. so ra rather than this. So, but it's good to be back. We've got a heck of a show today. Keith Compagna is going to be joining us. And uh, I well, I know, Jason, you know Keith from Keith and I actually started together, Geek Skeezers and Googleization, a little over three years ago, 170 some episodes ago wow. so uh, keith uh, keith and i met the disrupt hr in 2017 i believe it is it's hard to believe i mean it's so long ago but we met and we connected and one thing led to another and became good friends and but we started this as i said a little over three years ago and it's great to have him back he's been he had a couple bumps in the road along the way and but he has found his sweet spot and we're going to hear all about that Absolutely. Um, so I know he has been a, a tremendous friend and support for us at Do Lead as well, because he's a tremendous revenue leader. And I can't count the number of times I've sent him a text and said, Keith, I've got a question for you. And he says, call me right now. And he'll be in his car or something. I mean, that's just the type of person he is. So no doubt our listeners are going to benefit today from hearing his wisdom. And he's and and he was the first person. This was his TED talk or his disrupt HR talk. What it was about, you know, it was like, no, we're not focused on work life balance. It's life work integration. And at first, they go, "Come on, Keith." I mean, it's just you're just spinning words there, you know. It's, but it's it's what it is. And four year four years later, it everybody's talking about, you know, it's not working. You know, you're you're not living the work. You're working to live. And um, and companies are finally getting it. You had a great post today, by the way, on LinkedIn earlier today. That stat was just 
couple things were just amazing about the focus that that we have on employee engagement and how it's so misleading. And we've we've indirectly talked about that a lot. But stat that just stuck out to me only because we focus so much on personality is that 50 percent, you know, if you hire the right people, minimally 50 percent, you got a 50 50 shot of having engagement if you if you hire people with the personality that matches what your culture is, which is important. It's a good head start, but it's not the end all and be all. And, you know, there's, there's so many things we can talk about today and hopefully we'll get that in, into that. But right before we bring on Keith, I had just gotten off. Today was like webinar day, one after the other. A couple of really, really good ones. But the last one, not not the last one, but the one before that was with from the conference board. Gad Levinson was on. Gad's going to be one of our guests uh, great. I mean, so knowledgeable about what's going on in the economy and trends. And they study this inside and out. So we're going to start the new year with an episode, or one of the early on Gad will join us. But they had, he brought up two slides and they, and I think it's just the image. And I apologize for everybody who's on podcast, but you can go up to, to the YouTube channel and, and watch this. But the one visual, uh, if you can put the, Roxy, if you can put the quits rate, which we know, but I think when you see this, you know, the black line here is the quit rate for in-person and manual services, meaning that there's got to, you know, people got to be hands-on. Look at the quit rate for that. I mean, when you wow. talk about people leaving, I mean, this going back to work thing is a lot of that is driving this great resignation. I mean, that's that's insane. And, then, and the second one is in the blue collar area which again, you need people to show up, you know, to do the work. And uh, so a lot of, there's a lot, big struggle with that. But I think when you see it graphically, when you see an image like this, what the gap is, it's tremendous. I, I'm not sure I anticipated that. And then if you do the second slide there that I had, recruiting difficulties, which we know, but look at the blue line, and which is, by the way, just to represent people on a scale of zero to, to 60, it's a 40, it, it's about 48 maybe 50. And then you look at unemployment, which is, you know, getting pretty close to, to 4% or even below, moving in way different directions. It's like a mouth that's wide open in the upper jaw and the lower jaw. And it's a pretty big gap between the two of those. The prediction from GAD is that recruiting, well, the trend is recruiting difficulties are going to continue. We'll see more people unretiring or unresigning. In, in the next step, but the labor shortages are going to continue indefinitely, which is what we've been saying. And so we, we're going to be talking about some solutions and certainly today having Keith on board talking about ROI, which which is, I guess, is full-time where, he's, where, he, where he gets paid, but talking about how companies can create new revenues. But also, um, you know, one way to do that is through life work integration. So we're going to hear about all those things. Any before we bring Keith on anything, anything to add there? Jason? Just one more tie in that first slide you shared from Gad. I mean, that was just completely, you know, staggering there to see what that is for manual in person. We had a guest on a couple of weeks ago, Kara Saletto, who's a, a retention mm -hmm. guru down in the Louisville area. And something we didn't get to on the show that day, but I've seen her post on LinkedIn. She's the first person I've seen use this term of tethered pay, which basically means that organizations where you have to have an employee at a specific location, whether it's manufacturing, working on a machine, whether it's retail, whatever it might be, that tethered pay now is entering the equation where they do have to pay those rates higher 
than the flexible roles because people don't want to work in those kind of roles. So just another thing to reinforce that trend that's going to happen in 2022. Folks are going to have to pay more if they want people to be working and tethered to a position at a specific location. And and I believe that interview that that Gat had done, he was on a panel. So there was a, there was a couple of people. They talked about rising wages and, and we talked about that. So we'll be hearing, uh, continue to hear a lot more about that. But without further ado, let's, let's bring on Keith because I definitely want him part of this conversation and uh, he's got a lot to say and a lot of input and welcome back. What's up gentlemen? My favorite groupie. Yes, indeed. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Home. Guys, you, you have big shoes to step into Jason there for for, for the I can't of those shoes. Those are like Shaquille O'Neal size shoes. I can't fit in those. <laughs> Don't stop. Keep going, guys. I'm not going to stop. You. <laughs> Boys, it's so good to see you. It's so good to be here. I mean, Ira, this reminds me of like, you know, when you told me that we were going to, you were going to have a geek skeezers, a Googleization podcast, and, and you wanted me to be the co-host. And I thought to myself, well, I know Google a little bit. I know I'm not the old guy in the room. I guess that makes me the geek. And here I am listening to you guys in the bat in, the, in the, the green room. And I'm like, let me in, let me in. I want to talk. I want, I'm geeking out about all this stuff. I mean, guys, we talked about this stuff four years ago and then it happened. And it's like, what? Right, Ira? Tell me, where, where should we start, guys? Thanks well, for having sadly, me. Sadly, Keith, I've been talking about this since 1999. <laughs> sure. Neighbor storm. Sure. Yeah. And it's sort of like climate change. You know, you hear uh, that was the second call I was on, the third or fourth call. But the last call I was on was listening to uh, Paul Pullman. He was the former CEO of Unilever and huge movement towards sustainability, huma- taking care of people. Again, I posted it on the LinkedIn channel. So anybody who goes up can 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 see that. I highly recommend that that everybody listen to it. I mean, you have a completely different perspective of what CEOs, you know, of Fortune 50 CEOs are like very, very different approach. So you you can listen to that. It's like what everybody was talking about is we waited, we waited, we waited. It's not we're working on it. We're going to do, you know, we're we're making effort and it's sort of like, let's do the minimum we can and say we're sustainable. Let's say we're, we're okay. And I see that. I'm sure you see it all the time. And this could be jumping in point with organizations. Where are people that we're making an effort, but it's almost doing the minimum we possibly can to say we're making improvement. But the curve has moved so far that people are really, companies are really struggling. Oh, 100%. And not only are they struggling internally, they're struggling externally as well, because this is something that applies all across the board. The big shift, which by the way, I get a, I get a chuckle every time I hear the announcer say, use the term shifting on this podcast. But the big shift is that this totally caught, I don't know, 99.985% of the companies off guard and it exposed them to all of the challenges that they have. And now you're talking about decentralized, like for me in my world at the ROI shop, you're talking about decentralized sales reps. How can a CEO actually know his sales organization is efficient? They need technology and they need people to do that, right? And we all know there's not enough people out in the marketplace. Then how do you think of the other side of that conversation? People that buy are working from home. They're decentralized. 
you know, I, I keep in touch with Gartner and they recognize that people that are buying are now unsure of what they're doing because they don't have that resonance. They don't have people around them to help share information. So all of this is just building and building. And, and I love the reality check points in the direction of take care of your people. Don't just say it. Literally understand what your people need to be happier people at home so they can take that happiness and bring it into the workplace. And that's what life work integration was all about. Right, Ira? Yeah. So just for so everybody, I mean, we can talk about it and it took me a while to, to kind of get it as, as I said, somewhat facetiously. It's like, Hey, that's a good cat. That's a good catch line, you know, switch it a little bit, make it your own. But it was so much more um, of what life work integration is rather than work life balance. Right. So in right. your words, share a little bit about the meaning of that, because I think that fits into what I was referencing earlier with Jason is people throw around the term employee engagement. That's what we're working on. We do an employee engagement survey. We do. Yeah. But that's that's the bare minimum that right. you need. And it's really right. about the experience um, right. that they feel. So tell us a little bit about that evolution. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So, so life work integration to me, I certainly didn't create the term, but I always as an individual felt life was more important than work. And as a software guy, I know that integration can be defined as the free flowing exchange of energy and ideas between at least two systems. So if you think about life work integration, it's the idea of making your life and who you are as an individual much more creative and much more happier by managing stress. And so one of the phrases that I stuck with is the idea of turning stress into a competitive advantage so that you could become a better person, right? And so to me and my own, and the thing that blows my mind, Ira, is that like my entire self-discovery or rediscovery that got me into life work integration is documented on the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show, right? Because you, in your room, we whiteboarded. You helped me get the thoughts out of my head. And really boils down to is that there's this little thing out there called the default future. And a default future is what any of us can consider if we were to close our eyes and ask, our, ask the question, if everything remained the same as it is today, how do I think my future is going to turn out? And for a lot of people, that future is not at all pleasant. And for a lot of businesses, it is not at all happy. I mean, you could just, you could bring in the medical industry. You could bring in, you know, any, Jason, I know you know about this stuff. So the idea here is, is that if most people and most companies don't understand, don't like their future and they're not in love with their future, well, then what's keeping them from creating a future? Because the future is not real. What's keeping them from creating a future that they love? And it's creativity. And we know as humans, we cannot be creative when we are stressed. And so life work integration destroys the old work-life balance model, which is one or the other, this constant up and down, which takes a lot of work, keeps us stressed, and ultimately keeps us from creating the life we want to or the company we want to. You know, Keith, McKinsey, this summer, they came out with a report looking at How's remote work going so far? Because, you know, we heard so much about, well, if we can just allow people to work the way they want, then life work integration will probably just naturally happen. It's the magic pill, right? And we're finding right now that the opposite is happening. And it was interesting in their report this summer, the number one hope that employees had was that they were looking forward to achieving life work balance, as they put it, 
but life work integration for our discussion. Sure. Their number one fear, life work integration. They're fearful that it's not going to happen just working from home. And lo and behold, the data so far showing us that that most folks are working on average five to six hours more per week working mm -hmm. remotely. And they're going about six days on average mm -hmm. without communicating with their boss, with their direct manager. And many of them, around 40 some percent, are reporting that they feel invisible and not in a good way. And so we know that life work integration is a hope that they have, but it's also a fear because they're feeling this constant bombardment of it's a challenge working from home. What are you seeing or what have you come across that are some of the, the core pillars that really help people navigate this new life work integration approach? Well, so the short answer is not a whole lot, Jay, because company, and this is, I'll tie this back to what Ira, you were talking about as it relates to the environment and the global, you know, top 50 companies and their initiatives. Imagine a world where companies actually care about their employees as people and not employees, right? My whole hope is that integration, life work integration puts me inside of corporations. Because imagine if you show up Monday morning and in your inbox is a message from the CEO or the business owner, because you don't have to be a huge company to do this. As a matter of fact, I think in today's talent marketplace, any company that does this will get a huge return on investment. But imagine if you said you got a message that said from the CEO, we are going to invest in a training program that will help you as a person, as a parent, as a, as a spouse, feel more comfortable who you are, where you are in life. And with our, our intention is to help you recognize how you could turn stress into a competitive advantage, making you a better person and then bringing that into the office to be a better teammate, to collaborate, all of the benefits that come from reducing stress. Imagine what happens when that starts to take place, right? So kind of like the idea, Ira, we used to talk about how HR leaders really need to start understanding how to use technology or they're going to be left in the dark. And here we are, right? Like it's like these massive initiatives that start with just a little bit of insight. Ultimately, I think, Jay, the opportunity for businesses everywhere is that they focus on people as people, not just employees. Keith, a couple things. One is, and this just picks up last time. We haven't done this for a year. You either read my mind or you're, you're pitching it. You talked about, you know, one of the things that's lacking with people is the ability to not fall. In, I love that, the default factor, not just accept the future. And my, you know, I talk about recruiting in the age of Googleization, all the variation of those themes. But my other talk that's really has become pretty popular is re reimagining your tomorrow. Sure. And that's not the title of the webinar that's coming up, but essentially on November 30th, but that's, that's the theme. And that was the original title. So I now called it, there's no app, there's no app to adapt, you know, because people just want to click the button and go, okay, I, I want to make all this change feel good. And, yeah. and, and how did I become better? But it really is reimagining your tomorrow. The other thing is it goes back to the, the origins of Geek Skeezers Googleization, which was my book. And we talked about the multi-generations. And the big difference is baby boomers lived to work. That, that was sure. that, And our parents even did more so. You lived yeah. to work and then you died. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, the reality is, is, and we used to talk about this with, with millennial, with Gen X a little bit with you guys, but then millennials and, and now definitely Gen Z it's really working to live. And I think you're taking it one step further. It's not just work to live. They, they got to be integrated. They're, yeah. they're one. So I'm, I'm not sure what the phraseology yeah. with that is, but that that's different mindset than what it was. And yet there's, you know, and it's changing now that baby boomers are finally getting out of the way and getting out of the workforce. But Gen X sort of picked that up. A lot of Gen X sort of picked that up too, because they had to yeah. that work, you know, live to work. And that's going away. And you look at it, Ira, and we used to talk about it all the time. And, I, and in my keynotes, I talked about this a lot. The future of work is actually individually based. You, I do a lot, was doing a lot of talking in front of groups that maybe like professionals that were in transition, moving from one job to the next. And I kept trying to remind them that if they want to get a job they love, that now is the most amazing time to actually go out and get that job. You could literally knock on the door and say, I'm here to work and you'll get hired. It goes back to the idea of why is it that if all of these macro trends are pointing to the idea that organizations need people and then people are more stressed than ever, right, Jay? They can't connect the two dots. It's because people simply don't know what they want. Mm -hmm. And that is a very, very deep rabbit hole. The idea, and this is where life work integration comes into play, right? The idea here is to help individuals as individuals recognize what it is that they actually want out of their life and then put in the habits to reinforce the new behavior that gets them to start acting like the person they want to be in the future. And that takes a lot of work and not everybody is ready for that work. And what's really wild, guys, is and Ira, I don't know if I've talked to you since then, but I know Jason knows about this. Over the last year, I've evolved into becoming an associate partner for a group called Integral Performance. And Integral Performance is a global Jedi group of consultants. And I mean, Ira, I don't know how the hell I got in the room, but I'm in the room, so I'm just doing what I'm told. But the people that run this organization, uh, you know, one of the women in the group, she's the managing director for the Neuro Linguistic Institute of EMEA for 15 years. Like these people work with huge multinational organizations and they turn $250 million revenue making companies or departments or divisions inside companies to 1 billion in 18 months. You know how they do it? They get the leaders to sit down and rethink about the way that they think about themselves and their own default futures. You're on mute. You're on mute, Ira. We'll get off. Yeah. Reimagine your tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, that's what it's about. And, and here's the opportunity. You know, last I'm teaching this master's program. In, and I, again, I learned from the students, some good, some bad. One of the we went around the, the class last night and we, when we talked about what are some situations you faced during this week, applying some of the it's organ, about organizational change. You know, what are what are the problems that you maybe didn't see as problems before? Now you're recognizing or you're recognizing a new way to solve them or or you identified a new opportunity from some of the things you learned. And as we went around, one of the one of the students, he's just he's a recent grad, so he doesn't have a lot of work experience, says, well, two things happened to me this week. And it immediately was like, OK, here, here's VUCA on a personal level right. is is one is he, he lost his mobile, his, his smartphone. So he was phoneless. He had no way to contact anybody. And then as he was driving down the road, something hit his windshield and shattered it. So he doesn't have a car. 
So, you know, so you think, you think about those connections, especially for somebody 23, you know, 23 years old. And I said, VUCA, I mean, that's what it is. But the important message about that was, is that we all have those. I mean, that everybody can say something happened today or, or this week. It was a disruption. A child got sick. Somebody else got sick. Something happened at work. A project failed mm-hmm. or just the technology didn't work. We lost our yeah. broadband. Something happens. What hit me during that time was it was almost was almost asking for an excuse and says, does this get me out of jail this week? Is this my get out of jail free card? Is that all this stuff is happening around us? And every and this happens with HR all the time. Oh, it's open enrollment. Oh, okay. We're gonna put we're gonna put a pause everything. on everything that's happening. <laughs> and literally tell all your employees to pause any hardships, any disappointments, any problems, any sickness, any illness, anything they need, because we're really busy with open enrollment this month, is everybody's looking for a get out of jail free card of, oh, we're going to do that next quarter or next year, or we don't have the budget for it and go tough. It's yeah. happening. And, it, and, it's, and when you enter back into the game and you get yeah. out of jail, it's a different world. It was that tunnel that we went into last year that you talk about. Everybody says it's the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, but it's a different day, a different time, and it's a different weather, at, and yeah. the lights a lot further away. And you know, you know, bring this up a lot. Dave Sanderson, right? Our buddy Dave, who came on the podcast, he talked to you. This is a guy. For those of you out there who aren't up to speed with what he's doing, he was on Captain Sully's plane that landed in the the Hudson River. Which we just saw, Cap. Actually, I just saw him. I just met Captain Sully in person. He was nice. at the Cherm- he was the keynote at Cherm Talent. He was the closing uh, keynote. Go right. Boilers! Yeah. <laughs> and and Dave says that everybody has their own personal plane crash because, like most people who survive a plane crash, they they revitalize their life, right? So I and what's amazing to me, guys, is one of the things that I just have to put out there is that. I'm a very laid back, optimistic, chill kind of guy. I've got my intensity, right, Jason? But Ira, you know that too, but I'm a laid back guy. One thing that drives me, it's a visceral experience. It's a hypocrisy. I can't stand when somebody is saying one thing and doing another. So as I started to move through my own changes in my own life, I was getting beat up pretty good too, right, Ira? Like mm-hmm. I went through a divorce. Plenty of people get divorces. But not me. I did it for the first time. And then I got laid off while we were doing the show. And I had all these things bouncing around. However, it was the core principles I was learning and the work I was doing. Like, let's not make mistakes about this. Like, I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning so I could learn how to meditate because I had to be at a job I didn't want at 7 Mm o'clock. And I had two kids at home. Like, there is no rest for the weary when you're trying to create a life you love. And that's something that I think is being lost. Like there's so much going on right now with shortcuts. And like you said, there's no app for adaptability, right? There's real opportunity if you just consider a 1% increase in what you're doing to help yourself. And it becomes astronomically efficient as you, and I mean this sincerely, just this last week, I was standing up in front of a million cups, which is like a local entrepreneur group, because in November of 2019, I spoke as I was launching LifeWork Integration, right? Like trying to figure it out. And LifeWork Integration to me wasn't about consulting. It was about finding a life that I love. And lo and behold, a part of that had to do with 
I wanted to own my own software company. I wanted to have autonomy. And then COVID hit. And then I was able to get aligned with Mike Farber in the ROI shop. So now I have a small equity inside of a blowing up software company. And it took, like, I was like regurgitating all this because I, last week they invited me to do like a, have you been kind of a presentation. So as I was preparing, the amount of amazing things that happened blew my mind. Really can't see it as you're doing the work, but I assure the people listening that if you're truly unhappy, whether or not you run a company or you don't, there are steps that you could take that will get you to the promised land in under two years. So there's like this, I think with all the stressful things that are out there, what people aren't hearing enough of is that there is a way to a positive place. And it could, and it very much involves work and life. And we're going to continue that conversation. Hopefully you're sticking around for the other part of the, the second segment here, Keith. Sure. But we're going to take a quick break. We want to thank everybody for being part of Googleization Nation and for listening or watching, whichever you're doing for Geek Skeezers and Googleization. We got the original number one co-host, Keith Compagna, who, who's our guest today. And we got Jason Cochran, who's stepping into those shoes. And uh, kind of the next chapter, next generations, and some exciting things we'll share in the next few weeks that are going to happen in 2022. But right now, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about how you can reimagine your tomorrow. Uh, We're going to have a commercial break. We'll be back in one minute. Change doesn't pick favorites. No matter who you are or where you live, the year 2020 was filled with one unexpected challenge after another. According to the authors of The Adaptation Advantage, we are incredibly well-prepared for the past, but woefully unprepared for the future. That leaves millions of people feeling scared, worried, frustrated, and confused. Whether you're the owner of a business or a worker out of a job, adaptability is now an essential skill you need to ride the next wave of normal. The good news is, is that science shows that adaptability is learnable. Adaptability gives us the confidence and courage to think about change and embrace opportunity in the right way. Adaptability gives us hope for a better future. And goodness knows we need hope. Are you ready to embrace change and double down on your future? Contact Success Performance Solutions today to schedule a consultation about how you can reimagine your team's future, how you can begin to think about opportunity the right way. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for being part of Googleization Nation, and thank you for watching or listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. We got Keith Compagna here. For, you know, some of you may recognize Keith. If you don't, you should connect with him and and follow Keith. We've been talking about life work integration, and we've been talking. We're going to get into a little bit about the ROI shop and and revenue growth. Keith, you, right before we went off, you mentioned you know where do people start? It's so hard, and you know they got these these black clouds over their head and they're looking for this get out of jail free card from from mm-hmm. a for this and it's like oh okay yeah we'll slow down change for you and that's not going to happen but uh, was it two weeks ago i can't all these weeks run together jacob morgan was our guest and i think he put it into perspective it was like if you change if you do something you change one percent a day one yeah. percent a day just one little thing at the end of the year that's a 37 times increase improvement 
Yeah. You are 37, and which just put in raw numbers, 37 times is 3,700% increase right. by doing 1% a day, something little. So even if you do half a percent, it's still, yeah. it's still a significant change. And everybody says, I'm going to, I'm going to go away for the week. I'm going to take a retreat. I'm going to, I'm going to take a week off. No, it's not going to happen over a week. And it goes back, Ira, to something uh, that we used to talk about all the time is, the way that people train inside of organizations doesn't work. Jason, you know about all this, right? Like you can't, and it almost goes, well, I'll try to see if I could take this back to what you said earlier on the podcast. And that is that you look at the way that organizations were, are, are, are teaching and working and training their people. It goes back to the industrial age where, and, and the education system reflects the industrial age today. And it's all about teaching people how to work. And in today's world, it's not about doing work. It's about thinking. It's about teaching your employees, teaching your children, teaching your the, the people that you care about how to think differently so that you can see different opportunities, connect dots that otherwise weren't present, and moving forward in the direction that you want to. The whole you know, I don't remember if we were on the podcast still or not, but I remember someone saying what COVID has done is not just knock all the pieces off of the board, right, of the game of life, but it's almost like pretend we were playing Monopoly. COVID came, knocked off all the pieces, and then put a chessboard down. And when we go back to the table, we have Monopoly pieces on a chessboard. Like nothing is the same. And it really – to me, the opportunity inside of organizations is to recognize that to get your people involved, give them something that they believe in, let them feel that they're a part of the organization. And then you can start to reshape and retool and redesign. And who knows what opportunity is going to come out of this? You know, Keith, I mean, you talk about the skills and we talk about, you know, and we all work with organizations and it's like, well, what type of people you're hiring? Well, they need a certain degree. They need the skills and they list this. Well, McKinsey, and I referenced this article a bunch of times, came up with these deltas and they, they're called dimensions of essential skills of talents. OK, uh, the top what they found and by far the, the highest the skills that people need uh, related to the highest likelihood of employment. Our adaptability is number one. Coping with uncertainty is number two. Synthesizing messages is number three. Achievement orientation is number four. Fostering inclusiveness is number five. Energy, passion, and optimism is number six. I won't go through the rest of the list. There's not one thing that says, oh, you need to be really good with computers. I mean, you do. I mean, you do just to survive these days. But, uh, you know, if you look at a of a high school or a college curriculum or even training programs within companies. You don't see adaptability, dealing with uncertainty, finding, I mean, those are all senior management stuff, but the people who are struggling to figure this stuff out, these are the core skills to get a job. And yet it's just not part of the pathway to get there. Imagine if your company, said we're going to teach you the things that will help you go in any direction you want to in your career like when i when we met i was running a staffing agency and took the position running a staffing agency because my ex-wife had moved out i was a single dad with two kids and the last thing i wanted to do was travel in my software sales position 
So I made the sacrifice. I went into a profession I had really no idea about. But one thing I learned, one thing I knew was that the recruiters that I was inheriting were A-gamers. I was told throughout the entire interview process, A-gamer recruiting team. So when I walked in, I simply said to these recruiters, you know what you're doing. You are a recruiter and you want to advance your career. I want you to do that. I know from my time selling it at the time, I guess I was selling for Concur, but I had done a lot of HR tech sales by now. I knew that most people were not staying in jobs past three years. So I was transparent. I said, I will give you all of the ability you can get from a boss to develop yourself so that you can get to that next point in life. I know you're going to leave this company. I don't want you to do it in charge, but I know that in order for you're going to leave this company in one of two ways. One, you're going to hate it or two, you're going to love it. And if you love it, you're going to be better leaving this company. So I never really missed a step as those recruiters would leave because just like everyone else in HR, there's a place for you if you're good. And if you're overstressed, you're going to just burn out and leave. So it's really, it was a remarkable thing, Ira, to see how people like by actually putting the work out there, giving, being transparent, human to human almost enabled me to actually carry that forward. And for what it's wrecked, what it's worth, I could call up any of those recruiters today and they would be able to return the favor or help me out or, or whatever. Turns out business is an ongoing game. And if you're nice to people, you could keep winning. You know, what you and I were talking about, is it the crux of the challenge we're having with learning and development in organizations? And I know both of you are doing this on a daily basis with your clients. And that is organizations have been really great at providing accommodations that their people might need. For example, flexible work. Hey, you're telling us you want to work from home. Okay, we'll allow that. But you actually have to teach how to work from home in order for it to be effective. And so many of these things that get termed the soft skills Many times leaders and organizations, they'll provide an accommodation, but what you actually have to do is teach and reinforce over time. And the entire model of learning and development that's being used in organizations, the way that LMSs are leveraged, we've got enough psychological research in terms of how we learn and process and how that seeps actually into habits and behavioral change over time. The software has not been really designed that way to reinforce those habits. And so that's a major, major concern that we have to help people achieve more of the life work integration is the organizations are struggling to know how to do it. And so most of the responsibilities fall falling on the person to figure out how the heck am I going to achieve this? And I feel like I'm doing it on my own. Yeah. For those people that might be feeling like that today, Keith, who do they turn to to help them, you know, work through these things? Is it do they turn to their organization? Are there other outside resources that they can reach out to to help them get a more healthy integration of work and life? Where do they get help? You know, Jay, it's a great question. And keeping an eye on the time, I'm going to try to keep this one answer small, but I don't know how good I'm going to be at this one. Because as I was listening to you, I was thinking about my, my life work integration to me is my passion project. It's a consulting. I've got you know, CEOs that I talk to and, and I coach and some small companies that I help with sales strategies. But ultimately, the ROI shop has me talking to founders, private equity managers, CEOs, chief revenue officers, sales officers, VPs. And and it allows me to open up the books, so to speak, and share with me what they're trying to accomplish revenue-wise. And we all know that revenue is what drives a company. 
So there's a lot of stress in this. And I often ask them, how are they doing managing the responsibility of growing revenue in the year of our Lord 2021, right? And so they're all stressed. And, you know, analogy that comes up is the whole saber-toothed tiger thing, right? When you're running away from a saber-toothed tiger, you're in a stress mindset, so you ultimately can't be creative. And one of the things that, that I've noticed over time, Jane, and this is the answer to your question, is if we can talk about somebody running from a saber-toothed tiger, that means that there were people watching somebody run from a saber-toothed tiger. So there was space there. So it's the people that aren't so stressed out that are looking around going, I don't want to be running from a saber-toothed tiger. What do I need to do? I need to invent a spear to keep it further away. So my kind of direct but kind of crazy way to answer your question is it's really up to the people to become aware of where they are. It's like people, it's, it's like that idea that you can't force anybody to make a change until they themselves recognize they want to make a change. And that's when they start looking up. So I look and asking questions and listening to this podcast and checking out dual lead, right? And they start to recognize, you know, just this morning, I realized I was so stressed. And then I got an email about how there's a software company that can help my organization reduce stress. And that got them seeing a little bit more. Maybe they read an article that they wouldn't have last week. So it's really, I think it's going to take time. The good news is, is that all these macro factors are piling in. And if they squeeze enough, something's going to pop out. And that's going to be the positive. The positive. I think what you just shared was the, what I, what my, my goal for my class. And I told them, I said, you know, you're, you're going to be taught by some academics and, and some really good people, some, some smart people. But I'm not going to evaluate you on your answers or your paper. I'm a, the ultimate goal for me is I'm looking for what new questions you're asking. Yeah. What are you asking? How, how are you thinking differently? I don't care what your answer was. What I care was, was there a question that came out of that? What don't you know that you should? Yeah, um, that, That's one of my favorite questions is, what don't I know that I should? And I, I actually picked that up when I was doing my master's in leadership. And it was from this book. And I actually, I used that book as part of the training. But one of the questions was, what am I missing? What What should I be asking that I don't yeah. see? And, Brilliant. Yeah. Where, what is in that blind spot of mine, right? Yeah, what blind spots? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's embarrassing how many blind spots I got. So. Well, but you know what? Here's the good news. Everybody has them, yeah. right? And so on a macro trend, like, again, going back to what I see on the ROI shop, people are trying to sell the same way they were selling in 2019, which is ridiculous. There are monopoly pieces on a chessboard. You can't do it. So, like, you know, just to give a perspective – once COVID came, everyone started talking about CRMs and content management, which is all marketing-driven, right? Marketing-driven top of the funnel. And what do we know about marketing? Marketing doesn't like sales, not in a personality ways, but they don't like confrontation. They like being creative. So they drive data based off of their own ideas, which excludes the buyer, right? So when I talk to people, I go, how are you changing what you're doing today to impact the buyer? And they go, oh, we, we, we got a CRM and we give them information and we email them. I'm like, oh, okay. How's that working out? Right? Because you're the only company on earth doing that, right? <laughs> the truth is, is that if you change the way you think just enough, 
you can see the problem differently and that opens up solutions, right? And that's, again, going back to if you're stressed, you can't be creative. Just doesn't work. So you have to fine tune it. Keith, we are coming up toward the end. The unfortunate, it goes, it went quick. It always went quick and it's just going quicker and quicker and we're just getting rolling. We didn't get into the ROI shop a lot, but tell everybody how they can learn more about that, how they can reach out to you. And, yeah. you know, you're obviously welcome. Yeah. And, and, and once again, guys, thank you so much. You know how much I love you guys and I appreciate being here. And the truth of the matter is that for those of you that are ready to think about the way you do things differently, you can find me on LinkedIn of all places. You could go to keithcompagna.com or you could check out the ROI shop and then you can just filter your way by submitting your information that way. Let, let me know that you uh, you heard me on the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. Yeah. And if you go to the Keith Compagna, you can do a couple of things there. You can find out about Keith. You can find about work life, life work integration. You can find out about ROI shop. And you get a link to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization right. show. Part of the story, uh, so baby. You get it all. You're the one, one-stop shopping there. Keith, like it's all integrated. That's right. This is our weekly uh, visits over to the house. Hopefully, we'll get back to that someday. So. Yes, yes. I hope you feel better, too. Yep. I'm there and my voice held up. So I appreciate it. Stay safe. Have a happy holiday. Good seeing you, brother. Be well, everyone. Cheers. Way too fast, Jason. Too much to cover. So many ideas, so many thoughts, but it's good. Hopefully we got uh, everybody's attention and raised the awareness and people are asking some questions they didn't think that they were going to ask before. Just want to put a reminder, November 30th, have our uh, the webinar. We were talking a little bit about reimagine your tomorrow. What are the first steps that you need to achieve? But uh, adapt an app to adapt. We're not quite there yet, but we've got we're pretty close. So, Roxy, if you can throw up there, we go. So if you go to rebrand.ly app to adapt, or you can go to uh, Success Performance Solutions top button right on the top of the homepage. So successperformancesolutions.com and you can register. It is free. There are assurance credits for anybody who's interested in that. Hopefully you're going to come because you're interested in change, not just for the credit, but uh, you get a little bonus if you are looking for the credits as well. Any, Any closing remarks? I just thought your comment there near the end was brilliant, Ira. It's the first time I've heard you say that that phrase of what don't I know that I should and that's where all of us are right now. All of us are kind of at this point of adapting and learning to to new things. And hopefully that gives some people peace of mind. You're not the only one trying to figure stuff out. You're adapting. I'm adapting. And you're an adapting guru that teaches other people how to adapt. And you're still adapting, yeah. too. I'm not sure so, I'm a guru status yet, but I'm, uh, that's, that's my aspiration. Someday when I grew up, that's what I'm going to be. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I appreciate it. Uh, again, we want to thank everybody for being part of Googleization Nation, for watching Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Register for Adapt to Adapt, Reimagine Your Tomorrow. And until next week, don't let the shift hit your plans.